Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Research, a research podcast from the Institute of Education at Dublin City University, with me, your host, Dr. Peter Tiernan. In this month's episode, I speak with Dr. Geraldine French, who is Head of the School of Language Literacy and Early Childhood Education and Programme Chair of the Master of Education in Early Childhood Education. Dr. French speaks about the importance of early childhood from birth being the foundation for later learning and development and the importance of slow relational pedagogy. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Okay, so I'm here this month with Dr. Geraldine French, who is Head of School of Language Literacy and Early Childhood Education and Programme Chair of the Master of Education in Early Childhood Education. Hi, Ger, and thanks for joining me this month. Really appreciate you giving up your time. Hope you're keeping well. I am keeping very well. (laughs) Good, good. and and lovely to see you uh, as we approach the beginning of a new semester, so we're all refreshed and and full of energy, I'm sure. Absolutely, I'm very (laughs) excited to start. Excellent, excellent. So maybe you could start just by telling me a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, Peter, I had a background in psychology with a master's in clinical psychology back in the day. And at that point, I learned very much about the importance of early childhood education and about what happens in those beautiful moments. That was the spark. That was the spark. Okay. Um, And then uh, I actually had a setting myself, early childhood setting. So I saw at first hand exactly what happens in terms of those developments. I was very kind of um, interested also in educational inequality and just the fact that children's life chances are thwarted purely by an accident of birth. Mm. Mm. Joined Bernardo's. And was that a big setting that you ran? Oh, it was, I had 24 children and there were um, myself and a partner and two staff. And we stayed there from the very beginning to the very end. When our landlord actually sold the house in the last, last recession, in fact, probably I'd still be there if it wasn't wow. for the case that that happened wow. because we couldn't get another beautiful premises yeah. as the one we had. So the end of one thing was the beginning of something else. Exactly. Yeah. And joined Bernardo's and that I learned hugely in Bernardo's just about, again, educational inequality, working with children and families who are in extremely advan- disadvantaged circumstances and uh, how amazing and resilient they are. But also, I suppose my key thing was that that you could understand that if you can just intervene early in families' lives, mm. you can make an absolutely enormous difference okay. to them. So um, I then, it, through my work in Bernardo, started doing a little bit of research. And of course, like many people and women who work, I had a childcare crisis. Mm. So what did I do? But I became an independent consultant. So I started doing lots of independent research. Okay. But my key theme has always been children from birth to five. Okay. And earlier on, their families. Now I'm sort of more focused on children themselves. Um, Ultimately, I then, because I was engaged in research, I thought I really needed to upskill myself and make sure that I was doing the right thing. Mm. And um, I had the honour, actually, of joining the first EdD programme in DCU, and that was in January 2006. It's wow. etched in my mind for when absolutely. it started. Absolutely, that's something you don't forget, yeah? yeah. No, absolutely not. And uh, anyway, that was also a fabulous experience. But at the time, I was wondering, well, what could I focus on for my thesis that was really going to make the most miraculous difference you know, to children's Change lives? World. Change yes. the world. Yes, yes. And convince everybody and you know, inform practice and policy. And at that time, um, that was the announcement in 2009-2010, the first free preschool year, which has now been extended to second free mm. preschool year. So I chose at that time, having hunted around a lot, that actually what makes the real difference is that one-to-one interaction between um, your child and 
the adult, you okay. know, could be parent, could be um, an early years educator in a, in a early childhood so setting. That's when you began to focus on the adult that's interaction with them. That's when I really the... began to focus on the adult interaction. And, um, and then at that point, uh, so that was great. And actually I was involved in I have lots of publications. I used to write publications for Bernard's. In fact, I still do my most recent one. And was now has moved towards what is my current interest, which is babies and toddlers. Okay. So for Bernardo's, I was commissioned to write um, a, ba- a book in uh, 2018, which is called The Time of Their Lives. And then um, I was commissioned by the National Council for Curriculum Assessment to look at uh, professional practice in early childhood mm. settings, but particularly in relation to babies and toddlers. Okay. Because whilst it was the free preschool year, there's provision for um, older children, there was no provision for younger children. I mean, children are in early childhood settings, mm. but there is a higher capitation grant at the moment mm. for those working who have a degree with three and four-year-olds, yeah. but not for babies. Perfect. Now that is changing. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. to say with really significant developments and very positive developments mm. in that regard that are coming down on stream. But the reality is when you see the scale of early development, I mean, Peter, you know better than anyone, you've got young children. Mm-hmm. You take your newborn baby mm. and you consider the vulnerability of that baby. Mm. And then you, 18 months, sure, they're more than capable of yeah. saying no. Yeah, and yeah. no, but they're able to stand on their own two feet. They're able to stamp in water. They're able to run. They're able to, you know, okay, you know, refuse. Um, but if you can get in then and you can kind of work on the, the kind of relational pedagogies and supporting children's learning and development, well, then that child is set up for their their educational um, outcomes yeah. for life. Yeah, yeah. We know that. Like really good, early, high quality early childhood experiences impact positively on children's later outcomes. It's, it's amazing. really, yeah, really yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the reality is I've moved down. So for example, if I take the school, I mean, we have fantastic colleagues, 27 colleagues in the school. Um, we've collectively been involved in a number of major projects. Last year we had um, the literacy and numeracy strategies being updated. So um, in our school alone, out of the 27, I think 15 of us were engaged in that project. Still ongoing and okay. we, you know, that will be finalised shortly. And then um, another 13 of us um, were commissioned by the NCCA to... Um, update the ASHTER curriculum okay. framework. So that's the early childhood curriculum framework that mm. we have for very young children in Ireland from birth to six. Mm-hmm. So that's very exciting. And we've just completed that and hopefully we'll be presenting that. So really, you know, in the sense that a lot of my work, that's where my research work and my research heart is. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about it, back in the day, we thought about... Um, sort of the idea of nature and nurture. So we thought that children were really just a function of their genetic inheritance. Mm-hmm. So it was all just your genes. Then we kind of learned, actually, no, it's much more the nature, it's the environment yeah, that they're yeah. in. But we know now that effectively 
nature is nurtured. Mm. And very young babies were previously underestimated in, rea- in relation to their capacities. Mm. Mm. So when you think about it, I mean, if, if you look at neuroscience, for example, has really helped us in terms of understanding what's happening in babies' brains. So just to give you a for instance, you've got tiny babies. Their brains multiply 20-fold between birth and three years of age than at any other stage of life. A rate that they, 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 half of the postnatal growth of a brain occurs uh, during the first year of life, wow. which um, basically attains about 75% of its adult's size by the end of the second year. The peak for language development is somewhere around six months. The peak for cognitive development is somewhere around like age two. And when you say peak, the peak of acceleration, is that, is that what you mean? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, you know, once they have those really positive experiences and particularly reciprocal interactions, mm. interchanges where children are given, and this is where I'm moving to space and time, actually to be children, to explore, make meaning, with the experiences that they're engaging in. Like we know that those everyday moments that they experience matter Mm -hmm. and that that's how they learn in Mm -hmm. those kind of interactions and interchanges with adults and with other children around them. And really what I suppose I'm trying to aim towards is slowing everything down and giving children a much greater chance, say even in terms of responsiveness, like... You know, we tend to ask children a lot of questions, but we don't give them enough time sometimes to Mm. answer. So Mm. if we want to enhance their language development, for example, Mm -hmm. well, actually, you know, reading is a fantastic thing to do. Mm -hmm. Just shared reading your book. Um, You know, but if you, if, if you, um, I've lost my train to, train of so talking about giving them time and space so give if them time and space yeah, yeah give them time and actually if you think about it i mean we're chatting now but if you were to pause for a couple of seconds mm. that's that pause is quite awkward well, I, but we need to engage with I, it and i can hear my subconscious going as we're talking because as you say I've, I've lots of small kids and a lot of what you're saying is just resonating and all of these tangents are happening in my head and if there was pauses we'd probably go off in different directions in the conversation i know it's not the same but you can you can see that if the brain is given a chance to pause it has a chance to process things in a different way than expecting that that instant response you know like what you're saying brilliant peter and the other point you're making if you're actually allowing the child to formulate their thoughts and respond mm. then you're much more interested in their response mm. and they of what they're other. doing yeah. but what they're doing is what where the meaning making is mm. Mm. rather mm. than as an adults we come in and we kind of head them off in some other direction mm. but actually staying in the moment in terms of their interests what are they paying attention to yeah. what is it they and like to? extending vocabularies you know mm. they're building a blocks they're, they, 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 they're playing with them they're saying they're making a lift, you know, mm-hmm. you can put in the word, oh, you're making an elevator, or you don't even have to comment, yeah, you know, yeah. you just, it's just about um, allowing them to talk. Engaging them, talk. them where they are. Exactly, yeah, yeah, following yeah. their interests, yeah, and I yeah. even mean from babies, like babies, yeah. their whole eye gaze and all of that mm. is really, really important. I mean, to give you just another example, but just about the, the capacities of babies, um, I mean, Alison Gopnik always talks about this, and she reminds me of just their, their brilliance. When a newborn baby arrives out and you smile at that baby, they smile back. But if you think about it, they can't see themselves in the mm. womb. There's no mirrors mm. there. So, so you're their first reflection. No, yeah. to respond mm. 
in that matching kind of way. Mm. It is quite remarkable. Absolutely. And they are focused on on making relationships with us. And actually, you know, if the one thing that I've learned is that it's the relationships that matter. But you know that. It's Mm. true from, it doesn't matter whether you're talking about babies, younger children, students yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Uh, it's connection it's, it's human connection making the connection and that's what really makes the difference yeah. you know what's great is it just comes across how passionate you are about this you know because you're so animated i know people listening to the podcast okay. can't see the animation no it's great um to, to to see you so so excited about your your interests um and you mentioned at the start you know the school is heavily involved and there's lots yeah. of people in the school in yeah. the early childhood space is there anything else happening in the school in terms of research oh there's fantastic things happening i we have um well for a start i mean we were involved in lots of undergraduate programs so we would have be contribute heavily to the Bachelor of Education because mm. our school's language as in Gaelga, mm. literacy as in literacy, and then um, of course our childhood education. And obviously, you have the, the that would be a flagship program, the um, the Master of Education in Early Childhood Education too, which absolutely. In fact, I joined DCU in two thousand and fifteen because I was so attracted by the Bachelor of Early Childhood Education. I was involved course, yeah. in the development of the you know, the accreditation documents. So I could see that this was really kind of far-seeing. It had every single element that I kind I remember of believed. We, we had a number of conversations when that programme was in its early oh, stages, yes. I think. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. I mean, and my goodness, I mean, by the, the current programme chair, my colleague Marlene McCormick, has just brought it to just such a fantastic extent and it developed it. And then, because we had that program going then we got uh, to do the masters oh, in education great. so it's fantastic it's great to see that the, 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 pro- the progression that progression yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and um you know i mean there's fantastic masters here um anyway in dcu but what's wonderful is that we have our first cohort of 12 fantastic people from a whole range you know from early childhood settings mm. but also teachers in uh, junior and senior infant classrooms okay. and yeah. so it's fantastic to get that kind of continuity mm. and uh, across the kind of two sectors which is brilliant yeah because so it is a continuum you know it is a continuum yeah. absolutely and of course it's the most important continuum mm. early childhood i mean genuinely we mm. really need to get that message across yeah that is if i can repeat this three times i will the foundation of all later learning I'll, and development. I'll do some editing on can you, it six yeah, or seven please. times. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. I'd be very happy with that. But the other things that are happening in the school would be um, we have um, two existing research centres. So we have um, Shavu, which is the research centre for Gilga. We have um, the Early Childhood Research Centre, so of course. We had, um, Matthias was here. Professor Matthias, oh, Matthias Matt sorry, Urban, here. absolutely, yeah. and uh, Professor Porico Deer is leading the Shavu Centre. For our Center. listeners, I think that's episode five, I think was yes. Matthias, yeah, that's so right. you can listen back to that. Absolutely, and um, so that's very exciting. And we have um, Ethna Kennedy, our other fantastic esteemed colleague in literacy, is developing a centre in literacy. Education. That's going to be wow. really, really okay, very exciting. Very yeah. exciting, um, and then there's all sorts of oh my goodness, I have colleagues that are engaged in really, really excellent research and uh, up and coming research um, in the area. So I suppose um, just beginning to kind of come come to a close. It it sounds you know you've had uh, a journey through you know psychology uh, yes. sparked your interest, and then you had your own work experience and childcare and Bernardo's, yes. and then your research is kind of gone from the adult interaction with 
young children, kind of three yep. to five, but now you're focusing on, on, on babies. babies. Um, so what's next or where would you like to go next? What's the next project or next publication or who would you like to collaborate with? Is there anything that is on the near horizon that you'd like to move into now? Well, we really need to finish out the projects that we're currently engaged okay. with. So that's the, the Ashter update and also the literacy and numeracy strategy update. So a lot going on already. There's yes. a lot going on yeah. already. So we need to complete those successfully. Um, and quite frankly, I am interested in talking to anybody who is interested in doing research, particularly with babies and toddlers. Okay. I've already got a lot of, um, I've got a lot of kind of publications that are like practice guides. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, they're useful, but I think it would be really interesting to actually get into the experiences what exactly those kind of everyday moments that young children are experiencing and i'm particularly interested in kind of out of home settings okay because that's where of course for us on our programs we can actually make Mm -hmm. a huge difference in terms of professional practice because we know that the quality of the experience that young children receive is critically important. And and would that tie back into, it struck me what you said earlier about the giving young kids and even babies that time and space for interaction, would that kind of tie into what you'd like to look at in the future? Absolutely. Like um, in, I mean, drawing from Alison Clark who talks about slow pedagogy and indeed there's um, another woman who talks about um, Jules... Page talks about professional love so kind of moving in that kind of idea like or there's another woman Jan White talks about lingering lovingly do you know but it's about really being in the moment with yeah, children yeah. so I'm kind of coming up with the well it's sort of just that it's the same idea but it's slow relational pedagogy that but you're focused on the building relationships first okay. and then slowing everything down okay intentionally slowing everything down it's really interesting to focus on children that yeah. sounds really interesting yeah so, I mean, that, that, that's, that's pretty much uh, us, us at time. Is there anything else that you would like to add or anything else you'd like to say before we finish up? Well, gosh, no, but thanks for the opportunity to have this lovely chat, Peter. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to speak. I mean, it was a really interesting conversation, especially, you know, as a father of young kids. It's fascinating to hear uh, you speak about it. And as I said earlier, so passionately and energetically, it's lovely. Okay. Take care, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us on Let's Talk Research. To find out more about the podcast, you can contact me directly.